And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb, Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today as we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel with the message titled, A Man Sign. So make sure that you stay tuned. And those of you that are following us live, share this program with your friends and family. Invite them to join us today. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity for us to get together and study the book of Ezekiel and find out uh, the message that you have for each and every one of us and uh, that reveals who more about who you are and what your plan is. And that's really, Lord, what we're seeking is to know you better. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and we praise you in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, our program a man sign. So stay tuned. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother, as always. I'm so glad you all are tuned in. Oh, it's so exciting. We're living in such exciting times, Nathan. God is doing some amazing things. Just a few days ago, I was able to see you live in a wonderful conference that we did together. Can you share with us a little bit about that and the resources and how individuals can get a hold of our resources? Well, sure. I, I hope if you are tuned in, the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, that you uh, were also tuned into our Storm Morning, the Urgency of the Rapture Bible Prophecy Conference we held two weeks ago. If you missed it, hey, you didn't miss it because it's right on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. It's right there on the homepage there. You can watch it at any time. And I think you'll be really excited. We had some great speakers like the Prophecy Pros, Jeff Kinley and Todd Hampson, our own Dr. David Reagan and Tim Moore, Vic, me. Uh, Patrick Oliver, uh, Dave, um, uh, we just, oh man, we had just so many good speakers. We had a lot of speakers. <laughs> it was a great conference. And if you want the DVD, of course, you can check it out on our ChristInProphecy.org website. About another month, we'll have it ready for production. What I'm really excited about, Vic, is that our podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free, and our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries TV show, Christ in Prophecy, will begin to be aired on the Pray.com app. At 95 million users, this podcast will now get a potential audience of millions. And that's exciting because what we're studying in the Bible is exciting. And, and I'm hoping that people will start tuning in through Pray.com. If you don't have the Pray.com app yet, then download it. It's a wonderful app. All the biggest names in preaching and teaching are out there to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now the Lamb and Lion Ministries evangelists like Vic and myself and Tim Moore will all be on there as well. Nathan, that is so exciting. When you share with me that news, I immediately downloaded the app. I'm hoping that those individuals that are part of this program or not will do so because it's what an amazing opportunity and what an amazing resources, right, Nathan? Oh, absolutely. Now, of course, you can continue to get our podcasts here uh, through uh, social media, uh, all through, through our RSS feed. But if you have uh, iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify, uh, you can also access The Truth Will Set You Free. So whatever is easiest for you, and soon, pray.com. We want to just get the gospel out there, and while the time is short, we know Jesus Christ is coming soon, and so we want to bring as many people to know Jesus as their Savior, and for those who do, get them excited about the Lord's soon return, and that's what this podcast is all about. Awesome. And you know, Nathan, I do have to say, uh, you and I, we do our program. We don't... We don't uh, put any pitches there for money. We don't ask for money, but we do want to thank people that do contribute, right, Nathan? And those that have been supporting Lamb Lion Ministry to allow us to do what we do. So thank you for your contributions. 
Yeah, we have uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries is sponsored by what's called the Prophecy Partners. They're partners who make sacrificial giving each and every month, uh, about $300 a year or $25 a month. You can be a Prophecy Partner. Uh, you get monthly letters and gifts, 10% off of ordering. Uh, you get our free e-version of our Lamplighter magazine. We want to connect you to Jesus, and uh, we couldn't do without our partners out there. We have uh, a few thousand Prophecy Partners that make this ministry happen, and if you really love Lamb and Lion Ministries and what we're doing, then please partner with us. We'd love to have you there, and prayer partner as well, just as vitally important. Oh, Nathan, and that's why we love this opportunity for prayer.com. Now the app that we can reach more people. So we thank you for your prayers and your support. And thank you, Nathan, for sharing those wonderful resources. We just want to give up people opportunity to get connected and be involved, right? Absolutely. That's the purpose. It's not about some ministries are so lost. They're so focused on making money or selling products. That's not what we're about. Now, the Lord provides through the Prophecy Partners. And we're able to get the gospel out. People getting saved. Christians getting edified. Lives are being changed. That's what we're here about, Lamb and Line Ministries. And we pray that you'll join us and uh, help us reach that, become one of our partners, and share in that mission. Uh, so absolutely. And, and I'm just so excited uh, for what God is doing. We're so excited about being able to share the word of God, how God is speaking to us today in so many ways. God uses signs. God uses so many different methods. And Nathan, we find that that is one of the, uh, uh, the, the ways that God speaks to us in the last days. And we know that the Bible talks about signs of the end times, how God will be communicating with us in different ways to uh, show humanity that he is going to be returning soon. Absolutely. He, Luke 21, uh, Matthew 24, Mark 13 are all uh, chapters called the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus gives 10 signs that point to his soon return. Brother, we're living in them, especially Israel being back in the land, a nation that came back from dead, just as Ezekiel 36 and 37 prophesied, which getting really far ahead of us since we're only in Ezekiel 12, but eventually... The Bible prophesied that the dry bones would be regathered and Israel would become a nation again. And brother, that happened in our lifetime a little before 1948, May 1948. And we're seeing that nation come together again. All that's missing is the spirit that has a heart for God and his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we're waiting for. I love that. Thank you, Nathan. And we just wanted to make a segue as we continue in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 12, how God uses the prophet Ezekiel as a sign to speak to the people of Israel in his time. So we want to invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we continue in this amazing journey through the book of Ezekiel that Nathan and I are going through. Nathan, chapter 12, uh, verses uh, 1 through 7. I won't ask you if you could please read it, but could you read it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't order me, but no, that's fine, brother. Hey, that's great. Okay, chapter 12, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, prepare your belongings for captivity, and go into captivity by day in their sight. You shall go from your place into captivity to another place in their sight, and maybe that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. By day you shall bring out your belongings in their sight, as though going into captivity, and even you shall go in their sight like those who go into captivity. Dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it. In their sight you shall bear them on your shoulders and carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground, for I have made you a sign to the house of Israel. So I did as I was commanded. 
I brought out my belongings by day as though going into captivity, and at evening I dug through the wall with my hand, I brought them out at twilight, and I bore them on my shoulders in their sight. Nathan, what an amazing passage. And clearly there in verse 6, God says, I've made you a sign to the house of Israel. And today, I believe, Nathan, that that's also what God is doing. He's using individuals to serve as signs to people to get their attention. But here in particular, God wanted to get Israel's attention, and he was using the prophet Ezekiel as a sign, right? Yes. Uh, well, prophets are, there's three categories of prophets. There's your writing prophets. We know because they've written books like Daniel, for instance, Ezekiel, he's a writing prophet as well. There's your oral prophets. They proclaim messages, but they never wrote anything down, at least that we have today. That would be like Elijah and Elisha, for instance. And then we also have your acting prophets, prophets where God gave them physical tasks to do that would help the people understand his message. Isaiah is one of them. And definitely here in Ezekiel. So Ezekiel's all three. He's he's oral, he's written, and he's also acting. And so here God says, is, hey, you're going to act like you're being carried off to exile. Go do that. The people will see that, and they will understand your message better. And Nathan, and, and that's why we notice here, I, I just love that because God is, is using an illustration here. And you and I spoke about that in previous passages, uh, how Ezekiel was asked to lay on his side. He was asked to do all these things that might seem strange to people, but it was God's way of communicating an important message so that people would understand uh, God's plan for them for the future. If they would obey, here's what would happen. If they would disobey, this is what you can expect. And here, clearly, God continues to show them uh, his plan if they obey or if they disobey. And the reality was that it was being prophesied or then being carried away. Right, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, Ezekiel, and this is where it's a little confusing to me. And I've been reading up, but I just don't quite understand. Because you go back to Ezekiel chapter 1, and he's in exile already. You know, he's 25 years old. He's been in exile for five years already. He's 30 years old. And that's when God calls him to be a prophet. So it's assumed then that Ezekiel somehow, even though he was carried into exile, was given the right to return back to Jerusalem. So here he is, 30, early 30s, and God has a message because there wasn't just one exile. There was three main exiles out of out of Jerusalem, out of and Judah proper. And he was the first. So there'll be two more as um, as um, Nebuchadnezzar continues to empty Israel of all the best people and leave only what he would consider the dregs of society. And so here he is, Ezekiel's back in the land, and he's sharing God's message. He's saying, hey, you are going to be exiled like I was. And he wants people to understand that and repent and return to God. Unfortunately, the as you read the book of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah about the same time period, same result. Jeremiah's preaching and preaching, hey, you're going to be exiled. And the people just said, shut up. We don't want to hear it. They even threw him down a a cistern, a, a dirty, empty cistern. And so that's how the world reacts when God has a message that people don't like. They pretend he doesn't exist. They ignore the messenger. And sometimes they, and a lot of times I should say, they persecute the messenger because they don't want to hear the message. Mm, wow, Nathan. And, and we see so much of that going on today. I mean, people in other countries are actually losing their lives, communist countries especially, because they're bringing a message of truth, a message of of liberation. And people oftentimes don't want to hear it. So uh, uh, I love the stories of Watchman Nee. I love reading his books, Nathan, in, in, in China, how he was persecuted and thrown in jail. But he did not let that deter him. 
And many millions of people came to know the Lord, hundreds of thousands of people, because of his ministry, because he did not give up, because he was faithful and obedient to what God called him to do. And that's what I love here about Ezekiel also, Nathan, that all what he was going through, uh, he obeyed the Lord and what the Lord called him to do. Right. And he got to do some interesting things. He got to do some really tough things, too, if you remember earlier chapters where he had to lay on one side for over a year and, uh, you know, the prophets would sometimes have to walk around naked. Uh, uh, they'd also lose a family member like a spouse and then have to not mourn to show that, you know, God has put his heart, his heart, his heart towards them. Uh, different things that were meant to be physical examples, because not everybody learns by listening or by reading. They learn uh, tactile kinetically. They learn by watching and participating in something. And so this is almost like a little play that Ezekiel's doing where he's being exiled and doing a drama. He's, he actually should have won some kind of Academy Award, don't you think? Because he did a lot of acting in his prophecy. <laughs> you know, Nathan, that is a very good point. You know, sometimes as, 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 a, as a pastor, I oftentimes like to use illustrations as well. And you do have to put on like a little bit of acting for the sake of, of really showing people something, not that we're actors in a sense, but we do have to uh, uh, sometimes uh, use some type of um, imagery that helps connect the people uh, with the message. And we see it throughout the Bibles that this is also biblical and there's nothing wrong with that when used properly at times, right, Nathan? Now, of course, we find some churches today that, that all they, they've turned a lot of this more into entertainment, just to entertain the people but the reality is we need to use illustrations to teach the people. And sometimes using props of using different methods uh, really works. And I think that was the point here, right, Nate? Yeah, I, I read this really wonderful book by a former pastor of mine, Dave Stone, about refining your preaching style. And he used, uh, I'm going to say, 15 or so different well-known preachers who each have tremendously different styles that reach different people. I mean, we don't all resonate with the same speakers or teachers or professors or whatnot. Uh, and that's what the acting prophets were for. Hey, if people weren't going to listen to their message or they weren't going to read their letters, then by golly, God's going to have it that they watch them give their message. And that's what Ezekiel's doing. And Nathan, that reminds me a little bit of uh, the corner preachers that we see with the big signs that say repent, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I used to have quite a contempt for them until I went to Las Vegas and saw one on the street corner and real and looked him up and found out he had a, quite the ministry. I mean, he wasn't just some lone guy out there. He was representing a church. And he, he said that you had to be where the people were. And where were the people in Vegas? On the street corners. Was he preaching doom and gloom? No, he's also preaching repentance and the love of Christ. And, you know, it, we kind of stereotype some of these guys, but uh, Ezekiel would have been one of those street corner preachers. But instead of at times, I should say, he was probably preaching his message verbally, but other times he was doing some weird stuff, <laughs> all for illustrating what his message was. And that is, hey, if you don't repent, I'm going to exile you. And matter of fact, I'm sure you won't. So just so you all know, you're being exiled. Yeah, and Nathan, and you mentioned the prophet uh, also Jeremiah, and yet Jeremiah had this strong message that he had to deliver to God's people what was going to happen to them. But Jeremiah also encouraged them along the way. Uh, in Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11, uh, with verse 11 saying, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil 
to give you a future and a hope. And Nathan, you and I, we did a conference many years ago, the Future Hope Conference, and we used this verse. And it's also applicable to us as well, as well as the nation of Israel, that God in reality does have a hope and a future, even though sometimes he has to discipline and chastise us. But the reality is he just wants us to repent and turn to him because he has wonderful things for us. Right, Nathan? Right. Wow. You're bringing up a conference that we held 12 years ago. You've got an excellent memory. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> and and. and and well, it was that verse that just resonated because as we're looking through Ezekiel chapter 12, uh, that, that's the reality. If if individuals were to continue to read the whole book of Ezekiel, which Nathan and I want to encourage you to do that for homework, you will find out that God is at work through all this. But if you just read that one chapter, you might ask yourself, well, what is God doing here? He seems like a harsh God. But when you read through the whole book, the whole story comes together and you see that it's just God dealing with his people. He is not through with Israel, but he wants to get them to a point of repentance. And we see that work is still active today. Right, Nathan? Oh, yeah. God's not done. Uh, I kind of think of it as a harvest. Every generation, God harvests out a crop of people who will put their faith and trust in him, who want to live with him. Really, uh, we're, God's trying to get all of human history back to that Garden of Eden setting where mankind and God had the perfect relationship. Uh, There's nothing in that to separate them. Uh, they walked and talked and had fellowship in the garden, and uh, they, they could look upon God and not die. Uh, it was amazing, but you know, sin came in and rebellion came in, and it split the relationship. The holy God could not be in the presence of evil, and that's why over the years that God has always looked for a faithful remnant who will one day populate his eternal kingdom and all of human history is that. It's one giant harvest where each generation, a new crop of people are born and some reject God and they will be burned up one day. It's the Bible calls it the lake of fire. Uh, but the rest will live on forever with him in eternity on the new earth. And brother, that's we'll be back to the Garden of Eden setting again. And I'm just so excited. I can't wait for that. I'm so tired of this sin sick and evil world. Uh, it's time to go home, and I know the Lord still has some time here in the church age and another thousand years during the millennial kingdom, but brother, I'm, I'm just looking forward to when we're back to that Garden of Eden setting again. Nathan, I, I am right there with you. I agree. Uh, this week, just a few days ago, I lost a sister of mine, Ada. She was only uh, 50. She just turned 59 years old, and she was struggling with uh, a few strokes for many years, and she just uh, finally breathed her last, but she knew Jesus, so she's in heaven with the Lord right now. We rejoice for that. And next week, Nathan, I'm going to be doing her funeral, and I'm going to I'm going to be reading from Revelation 21, uh, that place that we all hope to be at, that where there will be no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. And, and I love that when you said that, Nathan, because that's really God's plan for us for the for the future. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that I, I love Revelation 21 and 22. Uh, when you go to funerals, I, I wish pastors would always show up because that's the hope. And here, even in, in exile, as the Jewish people are reaching one of the lowest valleys in their history, uh, God continues to pour in hope, saying, hey, I'm going to restore a remnant. I, I'm going to continue the promises. My promises to you, Israel, are eternal. I'm not giving them up. The church hasn't replaced you. Uh, we shouldn't be thinking that today. God has a plan for the Jewish people, just like he does the Gentile people to restore us to a right relationship to him. So 
brother, I'm sorry for the loss of your sister, uh, but I praise the Lord that you'll probably end up leading a lot of people to Jesus Christ as you, you always so wonderfully do because the Lord always blesses it when you preach and share the gospel at funerals and weddings and all these other places you go as a pastor. Oh, thank you, Nathan. Yes, please. And thank you for keeping us in prayer for that. It's just that we want to encourage you that are part of this program, whether it is now or at a later time, that God is at work. And he was he's at work in God's people and the Jewish people like he is in your life. And like Nathan shared earlier, as we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 12 here, uh, verses uh, uh, eight and on, we will notice that there there's uh, different stages at which the 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 people of Israel are being sent into captivity. And as we look back at Ezekiel chapter uh, 12, notice in verses 8 through 15, we want you to follow along with us because he says there, and in the morning, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house said to you, what are you doing? Say to them, thus is the Lord God, this burden concerning the prince of Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. Notice verse 11, say, I am assigned to you as I have done, so shall I be done to them. They shall be carried away into captivity. And the prince who is among them shall bear his belonging on his shoulders at the twilight go out. And they shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon. Notice that to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him, but all his troops, and I will draw out the sword after them. Verse 15, then they shall know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. And Nathan, as we read history, right, we see that this is exactly what took place uh, because of their disobedience. Yeah, and it's interesting prophecy um, of the Israelites that eventually their final king, uh, remind me, was it Zedekiah was the last one, or was it Jehoiachin? I forget yeah. which. Jehoiachin, because we're going to turn there to Daniel chapter 1. Okay, well, there we go. So what he was is he finally, re by this point, Judah's a vassal state of Babylon, and he rebelled against and so the Nebuchadnezzar had his eyes removed and dragged up to Babylon so he couldn't see. So Ezekiel was prophesying this. And then his uncle, which was Zedek it was Zedekiah, if I, I have to look. <laughs> I'm trying to do this off the top of my head here. He was put up as a vassal king, but eventually, of course, they were all exiled. Yeah. And Nathan, and that's exactly why we're, we're looking at these passages. So individuals that are following along with us can ask, can actually track uh, where we're going. And if we turn there, uh, Nate, to Daniel uh, chapter one, if you will read for us verses one through five, we'll also see again that, that the next uh, event that takes place uh, in the different stages of them carried away. And this is what we, where, where the kings are named uh, who were reigning at that time. So if you can read those verses for us, Nathan, that will be fantastic. Daniel chapter one, uh, verses one through five, for those of you that have a Bible, excuse me, one through six, and follow along with us. Okay. In the third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, 
and brought the articles into the treasure house of his god. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, the three and three years of training for them, so at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Awesome. And Nathan, like you rightly shared with us before, th these were the different stages of them uh, being taken into captivity. And we know that Ezekiel and Daniel probably have some kind of crossing in their paths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nathan, another thing that I noticed, too, is that is very exciting is that's why we encourage people to read uh, certain books of the Bible together, because when when uh, people want to learn about prophecy, we say, hey, it's good to read the book of Revelation and then also read the book of Daniel. Uh, and in this case, we will also say read the book of Ezekiel and at the same time, read the book of Daniel. And this you, you're going to find uh, these histories coming together and things making more and more sense. But the idea here is that the prophecy was how God's people were going to be taken into captivity, how God will leave a remnant. After that captivity was over, we will, we, we find the God's plan to continue uh, in full effect. And in the same way, he's working with us in the same way. God maybe has you in a place where you feel like you're in captive right now and you just feel lonely and you feel depressed at times and you feel like if God has abandoned you, but God has not abandoned you. God is at work. His Holy Spirit is in the midst. And oftentimes, maybe what God might be trying to do is get your attention. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him and he allows certain things to happen in your life so that you can repent and turn back to him so that you can ask yourself those questions. What am I doing uh, with my life? And, and Nathan, God did get the the, the remnant of Israel uh, to recognize us. Daniel, we read uh, in Daniel chapter seven and other chapters where Daniel actually prayed uh, for God's people and in repentance for for their sins. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. I had to look this up because it was bothering me and I like to be accurate. It was Zedekiah who was blinded. Uh, if I can read just a little bit from JewishHistory.org, Zedekiah listened to his advisors rather than Jeremiah. They convinced him to break his vow and rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar came with his army and began to siege Jerusalem. And on the 10th day of the month of Tamas in 586 BC, they breached the walls. And on the ninth day of the month of Av, or the ninth of Av, which is always the worst day for Israel in their history, they burned the temple to the ground. The destruction was complete. The temple was destroyed in the Jewish world is at a seeming end. So Zedekiah built an escape tunnel, and though he was certain of victory and confident in his advisors, he prepared the tunnel just in case they were wrong. When it became uh -huh. obvious that they'd been wrong, he, his sons, his personal bodyguard, and some of the army officers escaped through the tunnel. At the exit near Jericho, 18 miles away, the Babylonians had perchance seen a wild deer disappear into that very opening. That led to the discovery of the escape tunnel. Then they stationed an army contingent waiting nearby to see who would come out of it. When Zedekiah and his entourage emerged, they were all captured. They brought him before Nebuchadnezzar, and under good circumstances, the Babylonian tyrant was less than a magnanimous winner. The kings and generals of the defeated army were summarily executed. Here, however, he was more malevolent because he felt personally betrayed by Zedekiah breaking his oath. Kill me first, he said to the Babylonian tyrant. 
because I do not want to see the death of my sons. His sons said the same. They want to be killed first, so they should not have to see the death of their father. Nebuchadnezzar killed the sons and then blinded Zedekiah, which is in 2 Kings 25.7 and Jeremiah 39.7. The last thing that the last Judean king ever saw with his eyes was the terrible, horrendous image of his sons getting executed. Wow, Nathan, that's amazing. And and again, that was, you, you know, failure to obey God, failure to do what he called us to do. God had warned them and continuously sent the different prophets and messengers. He illustrated it. And yet we find that was the, the outcome of disobedience. And again, as we look here at this chapter in Ezekiel, we notice some very important things, and that is the importance of obedience, the importance of obeying God's word. But not only that, God is not through with Israel, and he's also not through with you. And if we notice there, as we look once again at Ezekiel chapter 12, notice with me verse 16. It says, but I will spare a few of the men from the sword, from famine and from pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the Gentiles, wherever they go, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Uh, Nathan, I, I, I just read that through so much of the Bible. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. God's plan is for people to know him personally and to come to him. Much like the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that is the hope that is always found in God's word. But Nathan, thank you so much for filling in that wonderful history because we want to be as accurate as possible so that individuals that are following along can know exactly what the Bible has to say and what history has to say. Certainly. And again, this very example of God keeping a remnant, as we just read in Daniel, Daniel and his friends, who are really Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego, are the ones of a number who kept faithful to God. They would keep faithful to God throughout the seven years of exile. A remnant would return to Israel to rebuild it and rebuild the temple. And there would be another exile in 70 AD. But the Lord has still kept his promises. And since the late 1800s, the Jewish people are returning to their country. It's a very powerful nation, but they still don't have a heart for Jesus. And so God will have a tribulation time period coming, which will bring a remnant to know him as Savior. God always wants a remnant to come to know him as Savior. And so maybe he's calling you right now. Maybe he wants you to accept him. You know he does because he wants everybody to come to know him as Savior. So if you feel that tugging in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. Respond to it in faith. Pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to hell. Please forgive me of my sins. Take away this guilt and this burden. And Jesus promises when you do, your guilt will be taken away. The punishment will be gone, and you will inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing the wonderful message. If that's you and you trusted in Christ, let us know. Nathan and I would love to rejoice. Give us a call, 305-992-9537. Uh, post there. Those of you that are following us on social media, we'd love to send you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And listen, find a church that teaches the word, teaches prophecy, get plugged in. Let them know you accepted Jesus and get baptized. And God will continue to do a fantastic work in your life in these last days. So Nathan, this is fantastic. According to Romans chapter 11, verses 11 through 20, clearly the Bible teaches that God is not through for Israel. He has a remnant. Uh, he, he's going to, uh, he's cut off some of the branches. He's pruned them, but he is not through with them. 
And again, what a wonderful message that is of encouragement in the book of Ezekiel. Right, Nathan? Wonderfully said, Vic. Wonderful. And again, for those of you that have been part of our program, we ran out of time for this segment of our program, but we want to encourage you again to continue to keep uh, our times and our programs in prayer. We love it uh, when God continues to work uh, in our hearts. But of course, um, our time is short and uh, this segment is over. So uh, Nathan and I want to thank you for being part of a program. And Nathan, I want to thank you for expounding on the wonderful history in our scriptures. Praise the Lord. I hope you all have been blessed by our podcast today. And of course, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, like always saying, may the Lord bless you and keep you in his face time upon you. Thank you for being part of the program and you guys have a great day. 